Every time he steps into the huddle, uh, guys keep running. Never in the history of preseason football has one throw changed an entire city's evening as what happened just before halftime of the second preseason game as Patrick Mahomes threw a 69-yard touchdown pass. You heard it right there to Tyreek Hill. We are happy to have you late-night radio, which means you probably had some beverages. Maybe you've been out and you're just getting home. Well, we want to hear from you here on the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride post-game show. I'm Mike Wicked alongside ArrowheadPride.com's Pete Sweeney and Ken Swanson. Pete, has there ever been a more important preseason touchdown pass in the history of Chiefs football? No. <laughs> the answer is no. This was... It was a tale of two nights. We were in for a very different reality until next week before this throw. We were looking at an interception where people would have been really worried about whether or not this kid was going to be good this year. And then in the blink of an eye, I said it on the pregame, <laughs> we need a 40-plus yard throw. He throws it 68 yards in the air. The Tyreek Hill winds up being a 69-yard touchdown. You got Tyreek Hill humping the Atlanta air. <laughs> Get and a what, penalty. He was penalized. And Who cares? And what was going to be a, not a sad night in Kansas City, but another disappointing night if you're a diehard Chiefs fan, became triumph. And then you took the, the first team out of the game. And the Chiefs had a really good second half with some of the reserves. And you get a two-touchdown win. We talked about betting the Chiefs. If you had bet the Chiefs, <laughs> minus two and a half. You would have won. You would have won your money. 28-14, the final. The phone lines are open. You've been waiting to uh, talk about this one. 576-7610. Again, 576-7610. Also text in at 69306 on the Pepper Jacks Grill famous Philly text line. Kent, I mean, I, you... Pete, myself, we're sitting back here at the studios here at 610 Sports Radio. And when that ball went up in the air, we're like, oh, oh. And it was up there for a while. It was like a Tecmo Bowl ball when it disappeared out of the, the, the screen. And when Tyreek Hill came down, I mean, the three of us exploded. Chris, our producer, exploded right there with us. I mean, we went nuts. I was waiting for the ball to come down. Like, yeah. it, I, I thought it was probably a, a 55-yard throw, not 68. The thing just kept going <laughs> and going and going. I blacked out until about five minutes ago from that. <laughs> the, the stat that they're talking about from NFL research, it started with NFL research, and then it started making its way around social media as things do is that the ball went further in the air than any pass thrown last year. And it was by about six yards. So that is crazy. And then, Reed, I'm sure you'll hear it a little bit later in the show after the game is asked, have you ever seen anything like that? And he mentioned some of the quarterbacks with big arms that he's coached, but even he, you could tell, was a little taken aback. You know, Have you seen a quarterback throw at 70 yards in the air? I've been around some strong, strong-arm guys between Donovan and Favre and Vic. I'm, I don't know if I've seen it. I mean, it's been a couple of years since that's happened, so I, I don't know on record. I've seen them throw the ball that far. I don't know if it was in a game. Those are some pretty good quarterbacks. I mean, Donovan McNabb, Brett Favre, Mike Vick, pretty, pretty strong-arm guys to be mentioned with, and Patrick Mahomes did it tonight. Yeah, and the difference with the those guys is they were successful quarterbacks, too. They, they, did, they offered more than the arm. So I think if you have Andy Reid, and Andy Reid does everything very, it's very methodical. He's not going to mention those quarterbacks if he doesn't truly believe it. And it's just another chapter in the Patrick Mahomes story <laughs> of this kid being the best thing since sliced bread. And, and, and he's continued <laughs> to providing, provide new evidence. And, and hopefully for Kansas City, he continues to do that. You think about like how long Chiefs fans waited to see something in, in in the image of that. Like, that has been something that has been anticipated. They've seen it in training camp. They've seen the moments, you know, on on, in, on Twitter from, from training camp. This was the first moment that we've had since that 
beautiful throw to Demetrius Harris uh, to start off the Patrick Mahomes era with his first completion in a regular season game. Alex Smith could throw it 69 yards. Took him three tries to get there, but I mean, eventually it would get yeah. to it's 69 yards. A lot yards. of checkdowns wow. there. A lot of checkdowns. Four. Four Washington Redskins. Five seven six seven seven six ten. Actually, he's a very rich Washington Redskin. As a he's, matter he's of well fact, off. He's well off. five seven six seven six ten. Mike Wicket, along with Pete Sweeney and Ken Swanson from ArrowheadPride.com. We'll hear more from Andy Reid coming up. You're going to hear from Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. Also, we'll check in with Bob Fesco as well. But let's hear from you right now. You want to talk about the throw? I mean, Dwight Clark has the catch. There's the fumble. This is the throw. At least here in the preseason. Remember, we have to always we have to keep every time we're like, my gosh, it's a preseason game. But the excitement of it, let's hear from you again. Five seven six seven six ten. Gavin and KC, you're first up on six ten sports radio. Gavin. Maybe I have hey, you know. There you go, Gavin. Now I hear you. Start again, please. Yeah, I mean, the whole point of the matter is let's get that out of the way. We all know it can happen. And then let's just go ahead and start concentrating on getting the defense straightened out. You're not even gonna, you're not you're not going to let us have fun one night for the throw. You want to talk about Bob Sutton and this defense? It was we got to get that done, or we're just going to be working this kid to death. Okay, right. he's going to be he's gonna be flailing those things out every time he gets on the field. That's the problem. We got to get this defense thing figured out, and this has been ongoing for a while. This is not like it was this year, last year. year. This has been an ongoing process that needs to get turned around quickly. Hey, no, I don't think anybody that watched this or anything last year is like, man, defense is solid. Now let's just attack everybody downfield. No, the defense it, it looked awful tonight. If you if you take Patrick Mahomes, though, and you, and you really think about it, he was a guy at Texas Tech whose defense was horrendous. Yeah. So if there's any quarterback who has is used to a defense being poor and needing to score within the 40s and 50s to even have a chance to win a game, it's Patrick Mahomes because he had to do it at Texas Tech. That being said, was the defense concerning tonight? For sure. And we'll, we can get into that a little bit more. But let's keep in mind the two inside linebackers, again, weren't starting. They should be okay by the time the regular season begins. And Eric Berry, again, missed the game. And and that those are three real big players. And you don't want to make excuses because these guys have to be healthy for the team to be successful. But just keep that in mind as you're watching this first-team defense is you don't have three of your pivotal uh, role players in this thing. And, and if the two guys that they're missing in the middle of their defense, Anthony Hitchens and Reggie Ragland, their presence was definitely missed the run fits from the linebacker group were poor the entire night weird angles um taking weird pass to the ball they were struggling big time um those two guys anthony hitchens and reggie racklin are going to make a huge impact uh or else we're gonna see the same things that we saw in tennessee in january against or at arrowhead five seven six seven six ten and you know one of the things we were talking about too or we thought we were going to go with when it, when it comes to this defense and the storylines in this game early in the ball game Atlanta's first touchdown Steven Nelson out uh looked to be concussed and, and now you're talking about Hitchens Ragland Barry and now Nelson I mean it's just another hole right and Amerson came in and that sucked <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's that's the impolite way of saying it <laughs> two straight weeks uh but Amerson reminded me a little bit of Terrence Mitchell of last year tonight because, you know, they, they put him in when, when Nelson got the concussion, later ruled the concussion, so now he enters the protocol along with uh, LDT. Uh, but, again, Nelson out, Amerson in, and they started picking on him, and it just wasn't a good feeling. You you get the feeling that Amerson could potentially be this guy that other quarterbacks are going to pick on, similar to what happened with Mitchell and that's why he's no longer a Kansas City Chief. And you just hope that that's not the case. You hope Nelson can get back quickly, but that's the thing about this cornerback depth and really the depth of this entire defense when you look at this because now we're in within the safeties who really aren't that great. The inside linebacker depth isn't really that great. Is it a league problem? I think a little bit, but the depth is so concerning. And and the, here's the thing, and we can make excuses in the preseason all you want, but there are going to be injuries and probably more of them in the regular season. So, you have to keep that in mind. We we're making the excuses, and I get it. It doesn't count. And, and and these guys, some of these guys should be back healthy. But when injuries happen in the regular season, you still have to find a way to win. Right. And we're we're going to see a lot of young guys thrown into the fire now because uh, the secondary, the safety group, 
and the corner group, the depth there is all rookies and uh, a couple, you know, uh, safeties that are 24 years and younger. Um, this is a very, very young, untested group behind the the front line guys that you're seeing. Um, a lot of young guys are going to get, you know, they're going to trial by fire. They're going to have to step up. I mean, Tremont Smith, he's one play away from having to play significant reps week one in Los Angeles. Five seven six seven six ten. Line open for you as uh, we burn through the night here on the Seventh Street Casino Arrowhead Pride post game show. You can also text in at six nine three zero six if you want to go because there's two storylines coming out of this game. That first half, the defense looked porous, or you can talk about the throw. That's it. That's really all we're getting into, isn't it? I mean, let's be real here. That's about it. Yeah. I, I mean, I th- nothing happened after the throw, in my opinion. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> you everything, did, you did everything changed. Everything changed for the better. I mean, there were some other bright moments. Ben Neiman comes to mind with the pick six. I mean, he's a guy that really is trying to make this roster. That can only help. I think the games mattered the most out of this whole evaluation thing. When it comes down to it, training camp's one thing. Drills are another thing. But when you get to the game and can show up, I, I don't care if it's against reserves. If you, you have a pick six. The inside linebacker, like I was just talking about how bad the depth is, mm-hmm. you can make the team. The guys playing in the first half were rough, and Ben Neiman had another solid performance. You're right. Uh, when you think of number 56 in the Chiefs, you think of Ben Neiman. Ben. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Was there a 56 before him? I don't I don't remember one. Because somebody asked about that on the pregame show on Twitter, and, and, and lo and behold, he goes and makes a huge play. I mean, that's got to go a long way, especially for a spot where nothing's really settled inside there. No, and he, the thing that is apparent with him, and, and this is all always the case for young players trying to make a team, trying to make their name in a roster, is it's special teams. And if he's able to contribute on special teams and as a bonus can serve as a pretty good reserve player where you need it, I mean, now you're starting to think, okay, this guy actually might make this roster, which is kind of incredible because I think entering training camp, how many of us were like, yeah, you got to check this Ben Neiman guy out. Nobody was saying. Not very many. And the thing about Neiman, the thing that one of his strengths is how smart he is. He's such a, um, he's a well-prepared player. He comes from a background of, of defensive minds. His dad is actually a defensive coordinator at Rutgers. He knows what to do and he can be trusted. I think that's the thing that you kind of can tell with Neiman is I think he's starting to build trust within that unit um, and that could really bode well for him when roster cuts happen. Coming up, we're going to hear from uh, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and Andy Reid after the 28-14 win at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, also, we're going to hear from uh, Bob Fesco. We'll check in with Bob. We'll make him stay up late, even though he has a 5K in the morning. <laughs> He's running the Royals 5K tomorrow. Uh, but we will make sure to wake him up or keep him up here on the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show. The 7th Street Casino, Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show on 610 Sports Radio. With the 10th pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Kansas City hey, Chiefs select Patrick Mahomes, the second. Mahomes, second and five. was the throw that changed well at least the other uh, three of us Arbor Knights uh here in Kansas City as uh, Patrick Mahomes throws the 69 yard touchdown pass at the end of the first half uh this is the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride post game show Pete Sweeney Ken Swanson Ken Swanson from uh, arrowheadpride.com uh, I'm Mike Wicket <laughs> I keep checking myself if it's Swenson or Swanson cuz somebody earlier asked me if I'm saying your name wrong No you're uh, good I, buddy and I apologize No you're good man uh but that that throw changed everything. It really did. You hear the call from Carter Carter Blackburn uh, on KCTV five. Throw up the deuces. I, I feel like someone handed Carter a Chiefs dictionary tonight, and he was just reading off of the kingdom. And he had <laughs> he, he had uh, Tyree kill deuces just in, like, in the pocket. I mean, he's just you know he's sitting on this. Get the deuces ready. Like really. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I, whatever. It's his thing. Or, or this one. Go! 
playing the hits tonight. I just don't even know. Get the deuces ready. What does that mean? I mean, it, I know he throws it up after he scores, but it sounds like he's telling him to get ready to go poop. I mean, get the deuces ready. I'm formerly of Chiefs.com, so I kind of know what goes into this. You know, po- or I'm sorry, preseason broadcast. It's a you know, it's very much, and this is not even just the Chiefs across the league. Absolutely, for, for what it's worth. The home, you know, the home team, the home broadcast is usually sort of pumping what's really good about the team. But it's just so funny when I hear Carter just talking about, well, you know, welcoming him into the kingdom and then throwing the deuces. I'm just like, is this a chief's dictionary that somebody handed you? It's, it seems like when you've got the local broadcast and, and those guys are, are great at what they do. It's like an infomercial for Arrowhead Stadium because every commercial seemed to have the Taylor Swift or Ed Sheeran concert announcement. Everything was about Chiefs chari- charities you br- you br- going on. You bring Clark Hunt and Mark Donovan and Brett Feach up there, and you're and you're like, Brett, why is your hair so nicely it's, put it's, together? It's the same conversation they had with Brett Veach last week. How it's the you, same question. Brett, tell me, Brett, how, how did you make such good draft picks? I mean, tell me, you know what I mean? What was it about Mahomes? And then this week it's Mahomes. Your thoughts? And it was it, it's the same. And I understand that they want to get the guys. That what if someone walked up to Brett in the in the in the middle of the the interview, in game interview, and go, Brett, what's the deal with Sammy Watkins? I thought this guy was supposed to be good. <laughs> no, get the deuces ready. No shot. No shot. <laughs> no, not Feel free to jump in talking about uh, the throw. What you saw? I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I bet there are a lot of uh, of Chiefs fans out there right now that up until that throw are like. I don't know, man. We've gone six quarters without a score, and all I've heard are about interceptions, and there should have been two first-half interceptions. There was the one, and there was the one that was dropped in the end zone, and this team hasn't gotten in the end zone except for Chad Henney. So, I mean, there are probably a lot of people like, I don't know, man, but they had to see that throw, Ken. Well, they kind of needed that. They did. I I understand it. You know, as much of the Mahomes mania as we've seen. Mm-hmm. And we're we're definitely involved in that. We've been writing about Patrick Mahomes all offseason. The buildup had not yielded anything of significance. So to finally get to see the cannon for to, I mean in, in in spectacular fashion. Like I did not anticipate that. <laughs> I did not expect that. I've watched a lot of Mahomes tape. That was a phenomenal way. Yeah. To to finally give Chiefs fans what they want. As it turns out, I, I this is unintentional. I am the editor in chief for ArrowheadPride.com, and I'm looking at it right now. We had a lot of different contributors tonight. We have photos of that go along with the articles. Five different photos of Mahomes throwing in this game. There's no other player. <laughs> Hardly any other player. <laughs> nothing on Tyreek Hill uh, dancing in the end zone. Nothing. I mean, it w- that was. Very underrated part of the night was Tyreek Hill and the twerk uh, following the touchdown. I mean, a lot of people will be talking about how great the throw is. I think the question is, was the dance as or just as good as the throw? <laughs> I, you have an argument. Dance or throw? I'm, it's still the throw. <laughs> throw. It's still the throw. throw. MFK, dance, throw. No. Dance. <laughs> No. Uh, here is Tyreek Hill after uh, explaining why he decided to twerk when he caught that touchdown pass from Pat Mahomes. Maybe. No, no, it's not going to play? Okay, it's not going to play. All right, well, we'll get to that later. I don't know why. We'll get to that little, little, it's a little bit later Essentially on. what it came down to, and I'll speak, for, I'll speak on behalf of Tyreek. Thank as, you. As yes, dance please manager, do. Yeah. Is he got a little nervous, didn't know what to do in the end zone, and more or less... What came out of his body was the twerk. We've all been there. I mean, who who amongst us hasn't been clueless on what to do and decided to go twerk? I mean, that's that's the obvious go-to move. When in doubt, twerk it out. I do not agree with that. <laughs> I do not agree with that. Sometimes the situation gets the best of you. You have to twerk. Was that a Fortnite dance? No, I don't think. I don't know the answer to that. I don't believe it was. I don't believe it was. That's a little bit surprising that he didn't turn to a Fortnite dance when he got the opportunity as much as he plays. He's one of the better. Listen, I'm I'm not going to hate on it. He's one of the better video game players on the team. And you know what? If he's really good at video games, that means he's like not (laughs) getting into trouble. You know? No, we'll take that. You'll take that every day. Here was Tyreek Hill after he caught the touchdown. Uh, This was later on in the ballgame. All right, thanks, Carter. We're down here with one of the guys who made one of the electric plays to end the first half. Tyreek, just walk me through what you saw on that last touchdown. Oh, man, uh, it was a great job by the 
about the uh, offensive line, you know, I mean, obviously Pat do a good job um, with his arm talent down the field, but I just continue to run, continue to play ball, and uh, Pat was able to give me the ball down the field. Terry, you've talked about this a lot at training camp. I've asked you this question a lot of different times, but and you said you're never out of the play with Pat. You're running almost 70 yards down the field. He's got people around him. Just how does a receiver, do you always have to be aware of where you're at on the field and who you've got a quarterback? Oh, man, uh, you always got to keep playing ball uh, until the whistle blow. And um, the thing about Pat is he preaches every time he steps into the huddle, uh, guys, keep running, keep playing, keep playing. So as a receiver, we'd be like, okay, um, we always got a, a chance to make a play for him. So, I mean, I'm excited. You know what I'm saying? I, Sammy's excited. Everybody's excited. Travis is excited. So, I mean, we can't wait, man. All right. Thanks, Tyreek. Appreciate it. Can I say one more thing? Tyreek. Hey, shout out to oh. my mom, man. Shout out to my son. Zev, I love you. I miss you. Get this. And I wish I can uh, kiss you. Good night. Love you, son. All right. Awesome. I love you. I miss you. I wish I could kiss you. We got a poet on our hands. I do. The, by the way, the first answer, I mean, Tyreek has got the cliches and the mentions. He mentioned on the throw, the, the question was, what did you see on the throw from Pat? His answer was about the offensive line, <laughs> <laughs> Pat's arm talent. For, I, mean, I just want to get out there and play ball, and Pat gets me the ball. For what it's worth, I just did kill the broadcast, but those were some good questions, I thought, by B.J. Kissel bringing up what does Pat tell you because that was really actually pretty insightful. The fact that Pat, that Patrick Mahomes is telling his receivers keep running, that's that reminds me of Brett Favre. That reminds me of Aaron Rodgers where the play isn't over or like a Tony Romo. How many times, you know, did you watch Tony Romo play? All right, this play is dead to rights. And then Tony Romo somehow escapes and nails the guy 15 yards downfield. Maybe he's got like a little Romo to his game, and, and that to me is what spoke to me through Tyreek's words. Yeah, Pat wants to give every play a chance, and he's uniquely talented to be able to do things out of structure that not everybody can. We saw the arm talent, obviously, tonight. We don't have to keep talking about that. I mean, we, yes, probably, we, we, we probably will. We have at least another but, hour to do here, buddy. <laughs> we are not quitting on the throw. Ken always wants to give up on the takes early. Last, remember last preseason game last week? Ken, Ken, at the beginning of the show, goes, I have no takes from this game. <laughs> right. I, I came up with and some. And remember what we ended the show on? Somebody was mad because the kid's good because uh, Pat Mahomes is too good at Fortnite. Correct. And uh, one guy called in saying that Pat Mahomes – answered every question the same way by saying, yeah, you know. But that's how – so you better have stronger takes than that, Ken, I do. Of, after the throw. I, I do. And I do believe that Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to create some plays that we have not seen in Kansas City in 20 years. And Get the, and the, the deuce is ready. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Go on. Sorry. I didn't mean I threw it's you so off. easy. Yeah, it's really easy, Ken. I the the one of the things that they do work on is something called scramble rules and it's it's a actual design out of the original play structure if you're short you go deep if you're deep you go short you're trying to create um you're trying to create separation from where you were and the Chiefs work a lot on that and Patrick Mahomes He's going to be the guy that's going to be able to take some of those shots down the field out of structure that you don't see. Now I want to bring attention to something else though. He also threw a pick tonight. And he should have thrown did he? two. I don't remember that. We did don't you just, just black out? We don't just stop talking about the bad stuff here. He showed, I thought, his inexperience on an interception because it, he clearly didn't see the defensive back drew down the field, and it almost reminded me of Kelsey when he threw across his body. Oh. A little bit like last year. Like he just didn't see the guy, darted across the field, and it was picked off. And it really kind of was ruining the night. It was a downer night up to that point. Of course, we would get the magnificent throw later on. But I think that shows you what Patrick Mahomes is going to be for the Chiefs this year. I think you're going to see those signs of inexperience. And I think you're also going to see flashes of greatness. It's just, can he uh, progress to the type of player that could win in the playoffs if you can get there by the end of the season? Again, we you know you can go into the tough schedule and things like that, but just... Mahomes by himself, you're going to have signs of that inexperience and you're going to have signs of greatness. That was a very teachable moment on the interception because Mahomes stared down where he was throwing the ball very quickly. And he, he was locked on Sammy Watkins. It was almost, it almost looked a little bit predetermined. Like he was, he was just going to take a shot to Sammy, whether or not uh, he was open. And he just, he, he exposed himself 
to that safety so quick. What was he? He, he was revealing exactly what was going to happen before the, this ball even got out there. It was it was it was a bad look. And I don't want to make excuses for Mahomes, but it's super rare to see him do that. Right. Because this is a player who can throw, and this isn't us even making it up, quote-unquote, no-look passes. So yeah. why is he looking and staring down a receiver? that it, it almost was like, man, Sammy hasn't been really involved in this game. Let's get him going, and somehow let's, like, let's get him in the game. It seemed a little bit like that. And, that, and that actually does happen. In, in training camp, you're going to see team or quarterbacks that are intentional, and, and the coaches are completely fine with intention about getting a guy a target, even if it's not necessarily the correct read. As long as you're going over and saying, you know what, I was just trying to get this guy a look. I doubt they're doing that in a game. But it did look a little bit like Mahomes was kind of just going through the motions. He kind of just had a lapse there. It was very uncharacteristic of him. What did you think of Mahomes tonight? 576-7610 from the Pepper Jacks Grill, famous Philly text line. He can shoot us a text at 69306. Uh, This is about Pat Mahomes. From the 417, good game for Pat. He had some errors definitely, but built some confidence on a single play. Uh, Also from the text line, uh, I felt Mahomes did find a rhythm. He should have had another touchdown before the pick if the linemen would have lined up correctly. And we watched that play. That was a questionable illegal formation penalty. It wasn't. It was. It wasn't. It looked bad from our side. Very nitpicky. And the, I mean, Mitch Schwartz of all. It, I mean, that is the last guy to take that type of penalty. Do you know what I mean? I I don't know. Yeah, it, it looked like it was one of those penalties in the preseason where they're being kind of a little bit extra and, and making sure that they don't that doesn't translate to the regular season and and I don't know if that's a penalty in regular season yeah I, w- I would kind of be surprised if it was uh it does look like you know with 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 the preseason the teams are all or the the, the refs are always trying to you know set a standard they're going to be a little bit more nitpicky uh early you saw it with the targeting the very first game there was so many targeting penalties or lowering the helmet penalties in that hall of fame game this is this is how the refs operate early to try to set a standard to try to get some um, adjustments to how the game is played based on the new rules. And I, I'm go sorry. ahead. I, no, and I think that I think that's the perfect time to do it. It just tonight it was a wind out of the sails. It was a downer. It was a downer, and and luckily I think and fortunately for people in Kansas City, it was able to turn around. I mean, that's the great thing about Mahomes, and I know we're just going to keep talking about this throw all week. This is an all-week It's an all-week preseason throw, which rarely happens in the NFL. It's an all-week throw, but that's the difference now, I think, that you have in Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith. Alex Smith is going to win you a lot of games, but the the way this throw is different is it's almost like a home run hitter. Mm -hmm. Patrick, or Alex Smith, high average, hits you a lot of doubles, and then Patrick Mahomes, I think he's one of these like high 280, 300. And then all of a sudden, you could be down three runs, and he hits a grand slam. And then all of a sudden, it changed the night. And it's just, it was it was rare to see plays like that for Smith where one play happens, and then all of a sudden, it's a completely different game. It just wasn't, uh, it wasn't likely. There's not many guys out there in the National Football League that can flip the narrative on one play. Right. And I think the thing about what we saw is we 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 were getting to see some of the ceiling to this kid. You know, there's going to be a lot of mistakes. There's going to be a lot of, of moments this season that are going to frustrate Chiefs fans. But they're all fixable. But we don't but what we do got what we did get to see though was the enormous ceiling. And as as long as he's continuing to minimize their mistakes, that ceiling's not going anywhere. Tonight Pat ceiling looked like the Sistine Chapel, baby. Ooh, what? The ceiling oh is my the roof. Lord. <laughs> uh, from the text line, the Pepper Jacks Grill, famous Philly text line at six nine three zero six. My wife, kids, and I all lost it on the throw. Even my three year old stood up and put his hands up. Mike, you got a note too. The throw is capital T and the and capital well, T. Well, it's, it's the throw. They're already talking. This is a preseason throw. It's a preseason throw. But when was the last time you had a quarterback in Kansas City who made a throw in preseason that made a guy, his wife, and his three-year-old daughter stand up and go nuts? That's true. Never. Most teams don't ever have that. There's not very many quarterbacks. You're right. There's like I think there's like two or three quarterbacks that can do what he did tonight. Mm -hmm. Maybe I think Aaron Rodgers could. 
The other thing about sorry, I'm, I'm the other thing about the throw. <laughs> everyone has to stop calling it no. the throw. No, no, we, no, no. We need t-shirts. Pete, Pete, I was I was literally about to ask, when are we getting those t-shirts? In? Yeah, ArrowheadPride.com. Let's go. That's a perfect opportunity. The throw, and then you just and then like. You have like Mahomes little in the background on the other shirt. This is the problem. And then in the foreground, you have Tyreek Hill twerking. We need to, as a group, as a unit, <laughs> as a city, let's act like we've been there before. We haven't. I know that. I know that. I know. I know. But this is a preseason throw. It's exciting as all hell. Get For, the deuces ready. Get the deuces ready. <laughs> get them ready. I'm excited about it, but I, keep in mind, again, in two games, the throw is going to be irrelevant. Is it? Uh, he's going to have to time out. Whoa, time out. Time out. Whoa, 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 whoa. Pete Sweeney, the throw is going to be irrelevant? You wait till you hear the last one I've got cooked up for you coming up. The little, oh, the, the no. dramatic rendition oh, of the no. throw. Pete, uh, Pete uh, if I said the throw from the Titans preseason game, <laughs> what what am I talking about? What am I talking about? You know exactly what I'm talking about. The rollout uh, to his right, hitting Demarcus Robinson down the field. Everybody's still talking about that throw. It's a year old. I understand. I'm just saying. It's the only reason that we're even talking about the preseason from last year is because he wasn't the starter last year. Yes. Had he had a whole season, we wouldn't be caring about the preseason. I mean, we're going to have 16... Real, hopefully, if he stays healthy, we're gonna have sixteen real games a year from now to talk. I, if we're still talking about the throw, there'll be a huge problem with how he, this year goes. He's right, but you know what? Let us have the moment. Damn it, Pete! <laughs> Let us make a T-shirt at eleven forty-five. It's almost midnight on a Friday, Friday and the three of us are hanging out sober, <laughs> right? Talking about a preseason touchdown. It's almost Saturday. Five seven six seven six ten. Or give us a text. Uh, six nine three zero six. What did you think of the throw on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride hashtag AP six ten? Coming up, we'll check in with Bob Fesco uh, from Fesco in the morning. We'll do that next here as the Seventh Street Casino Arrowhead Pride post game show rolls on. The Seventh Street Casino Arrowhead Pride post game show on six ten Sports Radio. I've been around some strong, strong-arm guys between Donovan and Favre and Vic. I'm, I don't know if I've seen it. I mean, it's been a couple of years since that's happened, so I, I don't know on record. I've seen them throw the ball that far. I don't know if it was in a game. Mahomes, second and five. Now he steps up. Now he is an long intended for Hill. Holds it up. He is Gondola. All the way into the end zone. Get the deuces ready. Cheetah. 69 yards. I don't think I've ever thrown one that far in a game. I mean, I'm going to meet people that would be able to catch a ball going that far in the game. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. The thing about Pat is he preaches every time he steps into the huddle, uh, guys, keep running. As a receiver, we'd be like, okay, um, we always got a uh, chance to make a play for him. The throw. That's all the people are into. That's what it's all about tonight. Pete Sweeney, Ken Swanson, Mike Wickett uh, with you on the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show on 610 Sports Radio. People are mad at you already on the text line. This one from the text line into 69306 on the Pepper Jacks Grill, famous Philly text line. Pete, stop watering down the cooler. (laughs) (laughs) Such a day like Debbie Downer. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I'm just, it's just as amazing the type of night slash week slash feeling. That we were gonna have prior to this one play. I know we were because it was Nelson's injury. It was Swiss cheese defense. We could say, hey, they had a couple of fourth down stops, but everything changed on one throw. Yeah, and it like like I'm saying, I think I think the best part of it is you see the impact of what one play can have in a game because mm-hmm. not only not only did it change the score at that point, it changed the whole feel of the team when they came out in the second half. I mean, Chad Henney is out there looking like a pro bowler. Again, 
You look great last week. You look great again tonight. Just saying, your backup quarterback, Kansas City, looks pretty good. He tamped down. Patrick Mahomes <laughs> tamped down the quarterback controversy, We're not even though. T- maybe the throw that we should be talking about was the floater to Garrick Dieter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, such arm talent to throw to a wide open. <laughs> Ken, are Garrett you saying Dieter. that you could have made that throw? I'm not saying. Yeah. No, no I could. I could do he, it. He may have been able. To. I could. He did play college football. Barely. Well, I mean, more than either <laughs> of us probably. Anytime, did. anywhere. I could. I could have made that throw. I could have done any it. given Friday. Listen. <laughs> I was down. I was down on the backup quarterbacks of the Chiefs. I'm, I feel a lot better now Good. that I've seen Henny actually play well in the preseason. I mean, I know we're getting away from the one topic that we were supposed to talk yes. about the entire time. Yes. Chase exactly. Litton. Yeah. No, we got no nothing out of no Chase Litton. No playing time for Chase Litton. That was the biggest disappointment of the evening. That should be the storyline we'd be carrying. No, the, the storyline is the throw. All right, the storyline tonight is the throw. No Chase Litton, even even Henny. Uh, we do want to bring in Bob Fesco from Fesco in the Morning here on 610 Sports Radio. And, Bob, we were talking about it for a while. Uh, everything didn't look like it was going to be going too good for the Kansas City Chiefs until the throw from the kid turned everything around. Well, I think what we saw from Pat Mahomes in the first half of that football game is exactly what we're going to see like going forward all season long. You're going to see the interception like we saw, and then you're going to come back and see the 69-yard touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill, and I've been getting text messages from buddies of mine all night long, oh, this game stinks, this game stinks, oh my God, that was the greatest play ever. So I think like we saw today, especially in the first half of that game, the kind of the range of emotions that Chiefs fans are going to have with Pat Mahomes throughout the course of the season, that that 69-yard throw was spectacular, the interception was awful, everything else in between really didn't make much sense, but that throw made up for it all, I think, for the first half. Was this a microcosm of what you expect out of Mahomes for the year? Yeah, I, I think it really is. I think we're going to still see a lot of mistakes out of him. And, and I know nobody wants to hear that. Everybody wants to crown this kid as the, as the next greatest thing. But young quarterbacks have a tough time adjusting to the league. You just don't normally hit the ground running. And, and you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have your growing pains. And you're going to have spectacular moments like that. So, yeah, I really do. I think that first half is exactly what everybody should expect from Pat Mahomes. And expect him to get better as the games go on. Like by week 16, maybe you're not looking at so many you know interceptions or mistakes. And you're looking at more of those 69-yard type touchdown plays. Talk with Bob Fesco here on Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show on 610 Sports Radio. Bob, uh, the, the the drive that went from the end of the first quarter into the second quarter, the long drive where Mahomes probably should have been intercepted in the end zone, a ball that was thrown right to an Atlanta defender, he did a lot of stuff in that drive. He hit Travis Kelsey several times. Is Kelsey, in your mind, going to be the guy that Mahomes relies on this year? I think he has to be. and I mean, especially a guy with all of that talent and all the experience now. I mean, Forget Travis Kelsey's, you know, in his 30s now. This is not a young guy anymore. He's an experienced veteran type of player that has to be the security blanket. He has to be, and I hate to continue to use the term, the, the Gronk for him, but that's the reliable guy that you have. That's the guy that can go out there and make the play when you need it. Big third down conversion. Who are you going to be looking for, in all honesty? Probably not Sammy Watkins. Probably not Tyreek Hill. You're probably going to be looking for Travis Kelsey to be that guy, or maybe Kareem Hunt, like we saw out of the backfield where Mahomes hits him out in the flat and he's able to take it and go seven or eight yards and pick up a first down there. But but I think ultimately your security blanket has to be somebody you can rely on. And I think the most reliable guy right now on this offense is Travis Kelsey. Bob, on the other side of the ball, uh, in that first half, there were two fourth down stops. If the Chiefs don't get two fourth down stops, that could have been a 28-point half for Matt Ryan and Matt Schaub, <laughs> which is depressing to say. No Hitchens, no Raglan, no Barry. Now Nelson out. I know it's preseason, but how worried about how worried are you about Bob Sutton's defense? Well, I, I think there's a there's an inclination to be a little worried about this thing, and, and people are a little scared about obviously what could happen on the defensive side of the football. But listen to all the names that you just mentioned. That's four guys that you're really counting on to be big time starters. And that's why I'm not jumping off a cliff and freaking out and going nuts and going berserk because they do have a lot of guys that aren't playing tonight. And and I think right now. Until you get this defense healthy, until Eric Berry's back, and until Hitchens is in there, Ragland's in there, we'll see what happens, obviously, with Steven Nelson going forward. Until you're a full, healthy unit, it's hard to really judge, you know, what's going to happen. What, what I'm looking at is the defense 
giving up big gains on the ground and allowing the running game to get going. That That's the concern for me because the defensive line is healthy. They need to do a better job. They need to do a better job of stopping the run and getting to the quarterback and pressuring that guy, whoever it is under center, and, and, and knowing that they have to do it because if they don't, the secondary is really weak right now. You've got injuries at that linebacker spot. So to me, the key is the defensive line, and I didn't really see anything great out of the first team and out of the first unit defensive line tonight. All right, Bob, up next, Bears uh, coming up week three. This is the dress rehearsal. Andy Reid doesn't like to play anybody. Uh, I think you're taking snaps against the Packers in week four at Arrowhead. What do you need to see to make you feel confident that this team, I, I don't know if people are expecting 13-3 and three too much out of this squad, but to at least get to 8-8, eight and eight, what is it? Some well, Give me one sign or two signs you need to see against the Bears coming up uh, next week. Well, both lines of scrimmage have to play better. I mean, we still saw it today. Patrick Mahomes having to avoid the, the rush a number of times out there today. And again, I know there were some guys out there that are that are not going to be starters. Hopefully, you know, when the season gets kicked off here in a couple of weeks. But I, I got to see that offensive line play better. I got to see them be able to, you know, to give Mahomes some time out there to do some things. And I got to see the defensive line play better. I know there's still a lot of young guys out there, some new guys on that defensive line. But I keep telling everybody, if the defensive line doesn't play well. Nobody else on defense is going to play well. And if the defensive line is getting blown back and pushed around and moved around and all that kind of stuff, and they're not doing their job, it's going to be a long day for the defense. So I need to see both sides of the line really play well against the Chicago Bears. Get some sleep. I know you got the 5K. Thanks for staying up late with us. We appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the Royals 5K tomorrow. I will. If you want to come out and run, feel free to do so. Oh, I've, I've got to go to Home Depot and look at paint uh, colors for the new condo. So, Bob, I'm going to let you handle this I, I know. one. Homeowner, I got it. I get it all. All the excuses in the world. Have fun, Michael. Thank you, Bob. And good night. <laughs> we appreciate it. It's an interesting question, too, guys. Uh, and, 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 Pete, I'll ask you the same thing I just asked Bob. Next week, it's the big one. It's the dress rehearsal. And we'll get back to the throw. <laughs> Trust me. But what is something that you have to see? Because we know the fourth preseason game is worthless. What is something you have to see coming out of next week's big dress rehearsal at Soldier Field? It's it's a dress rehearsal, right? So the me is you have to see Eric Berry get on the field before the regular season. You have to see Hitchens and Ragland get real reps before the regular season. And backing up what Bob said, the the thing with the offensive line, I understand that there were injuries tonight and, L, you know, LDT wasn't playing, Cam Irving still getting used to the offensive line. The Chiefs have had an injured offensive lineman every year. LDT and, and Mitch Morse missed, missed a bunch of time. Injuries happen on along the offensive line all the time. And I'm just worried about this particular line, especially the depth of this line, not being especially great. I just need to see something like a solid game out of the offensive line to feel a little bit more comfortable going into the regular season. And it gets to a deeper conversation, too, because, and I'll just say this once, and we don't need to go down this rabbit hole, but if Brett Beach spent all this money on Sammy Watkins, who proves to be not great, and then there was, there's deficiencies at all these other positions that you maybe could have gotten depth and role players, that's going to be a huge miss at the end of this year. And it's just something I'm seeing a little bit early now. Again, I think it's a different story when everyone's back and healthy, and I hope to see that in week three. But it's on my mind, mm -hmm. and it's something I'm thinking about. A quick timeout real quick. We'll get Kent's answer on this after we pause 10 seconds for station identification. Your exclusive home for the Arrowhead Pride tailgate and the Arrowhead Pride halftime and postgame shows. 610 Sports Radio, KCSP, Kansas City, KRBZ, HD, to Kansas City, a radio.com station. You never know who's going to pop up for one of those. This time, it was you. Yeah. <laughs> Kent, dress rehearsal next week. Yeah, um... I think there's there's a lot of things I'm looking for uh, for the dress rehearsal. I want to see uh, who's getting looks on special teams. I think that's a very important piece of that because that's an indicator of who's actually going to wind up making that roster. If they're working with the first unit on those special teams, that's a good indicator of uh, of who's going to wind up making that 53 or who's in consideration. Jermon Smith had a real nice return tonight, and I'm looking at him and I know for a fact, based upon what Dave... Dave Tobe is one of the guys and the members of the coaching staff who doesn't really beat around the bush. He really likes Tremont Smith for that kick return role. If Tyreek Hill is your punt returner and Tremont Smith proves that he can be a kick returner, I know they love DeAnthony Thomas, but what is his role? And, and, and I'm starting to you know put my wheels into motion here. If Marcus Kemp is showing something, he got the call up you know, last year, 
And Gary or Garrett Dieter is showing that, you know, this could be a decent little player for the Chiefs. Who's getting cut there? Right. If DeAnthony is no longer your kick returner and you have a younger and a cheaper solution, that's going to be it. I mean, this is still a business. We, we, we saw the Chiefs walk away from guys like Derek Johnson and Tamba Ali. You don't think they're afraid to cut that? And you're not paying attention. Well, these are the questions you're going to start seeing some potential answers to. You, Derek Dieter is getting a lot of run with the first unit uh, special team. So that's a good indicator for him. And, yeah, the, uh, there's some decisions that they're going to have to make down the road here that could really uh, – it could position them potentially for the future, not just 2018. 2019, they'll have more players under, under club control if they can – integrate some of these young guys and move on from a guy like DeAnthony Thomas. Your quarterback of the future, Patrick Mahomes, and your quarterback, two of the future, of course, Chase Litton. <laughs> hey, I want to go back to something you said. And this happens in the NFL, and it's always, it varies with teams, and it varies with fan bases. Tyreek Hill is your most dynamic playmaker. He's very valuable to, the, valuable to this team. He's your fastest player. How long do you want to have him as your primary punt returner? You know what? I Ken? think I, I think I think Tremont Smith is actually making it much easier for them to consider protecting Tyreek Hill a little bit more. He looked really good tonight, and not just a guy to be out there and be fast—a guy that has some playmaking ability to him. Yeah, I I I agree. I've always been in support though of Tyreek Hill keeping that spot, just because. You want your number one wide receiver to, to yeah. enter a, 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 they call it a car wreck, every time he takes. A lot of time, the other punters, weren't they weren't kicking to him, though. And, and when you're in the other punter, uh, the punter's head, and, and it's either their sky kick or kicking it out of bounds, it, it usually leads to mistakes and great field position for Patty anyway. And then when they do kick it to him, he's always dangerous with the football or he'll fair catch, and, and he's one of your most reliable catch. Like, I, the amount of times of him actually having – or being in danger is so small, and then you always have the chance of him breaking one off. We talk about home run hitters. That's another like home run hitter. Uh, without Mahomes even having to throw the football, is you you have Tyree Kill there who could run it back at any time. And I, he to me, he's the best returner in the league. Are you not going to use the best returner in the league? You know, I, I I think that's more for me about what I'm seeing out of Tremont Smith. I'm not trying to put him up into the upper echelon, but I am seeing just a lot of potential with him in that role. And that's where I'm just, I'm more encouraged by what I'm seeing by Tremont than I am with what I'm seeing, you know, what I'm trying to do to avoid, you know, getting Tyreek Hill hurt. I know who doesn't want Tyreek Hill to lose his punt return job, and it's Dave Tobe. I mean, I, I asked him at training camp, is, Dave, is Tyreek Hill still your punt returner? He nearly just laughed at me. Said, <laughs> of course he is. So, I, I mean... We could debate it all we want. It doesn't seem like it's changing anytime soon. And, and again, you got the, one of the fastest, if not the fastest guy in the National Football League who's a sure-handed wide receiver. It's a good combination, but it's one of the most dangerous plays in football. And, and that's why, you know, yeah. that's why you worry about it. But you look at a guy like Tyreek Hill who's so good at it, so experienced at it, you can't say he's great at avoiding injury because it's the National Football League and anything can happen and the game moves so fast, especially in that play but he seems to know and i god i hope i'm not jinxing him right now but he seems to know how to avoid the big hit on a punt return i mean did you see that body twerk tonight oh my <laughs> that thing is flexible <laughs> doesn't look like he's about to get injured anytime soon oh my god very spry uh no i i understand <laughs> and if he is going to be that talented at wide receiver you gotta have to at least think about maybe relieving him of his duties to your point kent especially if there's a good enough replacement there for him. I just don't see the Chiefs doing it right now. I think they could at least maybe be a little bit more opportunistic with using him. I think that's one thing that you could kind of maybe mitigate the risk a little bit and maybe take some of that burden off of him so that you're using him in big situations to in that role. We uh, have been talking a lot about Patrick Mahomes and the throw that changed the entire night for a lot of Kansas City Chiefs fans. Uh, after the ball game, he stepped to the microphones. Here is your quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, and uh, after yesterday, I'm sorry, yesterday? Yeah, it's officially Patterday, right? Uh, that's true. After yesterday's win, last night's win, tonight's win, 28-14 at Atlanta. 
uh, yeah, well, the, the play before, we had ran almost the same exact play, just with different people in different positions. And Kelsey had came wide open as right as I threw the ball uh, to the check down Kareem. And so we went to the sideline, and I was like, let's, just, let's run the same play again. And uh, they actually played a little bit different coverage. They got the – they were alerting the, sa- the safety to get deeper because they saw a 10 in that that three position. And I tried to just hold on to it as long as I could. Uh, the O-line protected really well, and then I just put it out there for him to go get it. I had it, it was kind of an alert read. Uh, it was one of those things. If you get the matchup you like, you can go there. Uh, so I, I try to pump to Kelsey to try to see if I could get him to flat foot at all. And then I just saw ten even with him. And every time he's even, it seems like he's by him. So I stood out there for him. This was the first true moment you guys did. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just getting that end zone. Like you said, uh, we had the drive early, early, earlier in the game where we had gotten close to getting in and we didn't finish it. And so just to get in the end zone is always a good feeling and kind of a breakthrough. And so hopefully we can keep it rolling from now on. I don't think I've ever thrown one that far in the game. I mean, I don't know many people that would be able to catch a ball going that far in the game. But uh, I, I told Tim if I'd have thrown a spiral, he wouldn't have been able to get to it. But he, he, he disagreed with that. How much of it is a relief to be able to yeah, I mean, always. You always feel, feel better every time you throw a touchdown. But uh, just to be able to use the speed that we have on the field is always a good feeling. And uh, it's something you get to just keep learning. It comes within the game. You can't force it. And uh, for me, I mean, just to get that to finally break through on a deep ball was a good feeling. I know last week you guys only had nine plays. And you talked about how much time. How much more were you guys able to get in a rhythm? And- yeah, I mean, I feel like we were in a, a great rhythm, uh, especially after that first drive. I mean, that second drive was a, a long one where we were kind of getting things going. Uh, the third one, I, I threw the interception on the first play of it, but then the fourth one to come back and a two-minute situation and get that two-minute vibe that you have to work on throughout the whole season uh, was a, a great learning experience. What did, you, what did you learn in that? Yeah, just like kind of like I said, you can't force the deep ball. Uh, I was... I probably had an easier check down I could have thrown to. I hadn't thrown the ball deep the whole game, and I was had it in my mind set that I was going to throw the ball deep, and you can't do that in this league. There's too good of players. So for me, I just have to make sure I'm, I kind of rein myself back in and go through the process because the deep ball is coming throughout the whole game. You asked a lot of questions. Yeah, I thought they I thought they did well. I thought they fought really, really hard. Uh, they were way better than the last week. I mean, they're really just working every single week just as well, the whole entire offense of just getting better every single week. So I feel like it all starts with them. They, they played even better than last week and it made the whole team play better. And so for us, with them to keep getting better every single week, we'll, every single week will keep our offense getting better. Yeah, I think just, just recognize how I recognize coverages this game. I thought I did pretty well of just recognizing what they were in and taking what they were giving me uh, for the most part, uh, except for the interception. Uh, other than that, I felt like we had a lot of success of just moving the ball. And so for me, just getting that touchdown uh, at the end of that half will help us build momentum going into the rest of the preseason. In terms of building momentum with Chris Travis, just you know, that third down connection to, to get the first down, just, what does he do by yourself to sort of be the guy that opens it up for everybody else? Yeah, I mean, he's just a, such a mismatch uh, for defenses. I mean, you, you can't find a guy that can just cover him. And so for me, every time you see him in a man-to-man situation, I mean, you want to try to give him a chance to make a play, and he usually makes it uh, about 100% of the time. So, I mean, he is a guy that he, he helps open it up for everybody else, and uh, getting him going, it gets the whole team going. That's Patrick Mahomes after the win tonight down in Atlanta and uh, talking about the throw. And, and to hear himself critique himself on the interception I thought was interesting. Yeah, most interesting thing to me stemming off that is he seemed to be a little peeved at how the whole night was going prior to the play. It reminded me if you were going through your everyday day-to-day and say you're having a real bad day and you got to rake the leaves or something and you're done and the bag's full and you have to move the bag and say you're really angry. You're throwing that bag wherever it needs to go, right? Like, I I got that feeling from the throw. His night was so bad, and as you heard just there, he was saying, we hadn't thrown it down the field all night. And so what I think he said to himself, we're doing it. We're going it. I'm I'm real angry about how this game's going, and I'm going to throw it six more yards in the air than anyone did last season. And it turned into... A beautiful night after what looked like was going to be a kind of a, a 
a dismal night when it came to just how you were feeling about this football team. You heard someone someone ask him, you know, was that was that your third read on the play? And what he said it was just, it was just a it was an alert. It was a, it was a coverage alert. What that means is if if uh, if he gets the right look, that play or that that route is an opportunity that he could take advantage of. And he identified it. He knew it was an alert for him. And he reared back and 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 was able to deliver a great ball over the top of three defenders down there. The uh, the second best play that wasn't the throw. The second best play in my mind from Pat Mahomes tonight didn't even travel in the air. And I'll tell you what it is coming up next. Also, we're going to hear from head coach Andy Reid. Chiefs win. They uh, even their preseason record one and one now after a twenty eight fourteen win. Uh, taking your calls, you want to jump in, we can squeeze you in, 576-7610. Also, you can text in to the Pepper Jacks Grill Famous Philly text line at 69306. The 7th Street Casino, Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show on 610 Sports Radio. Seventh Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Roll it along. Pete Sweeney, Kent Swanson from ArrowheadPride.com. I'm Mike Wickett. It is officially Saturday morning. Chiefs win 28-14 at Atlanta. The throw is on everybody's mind. But, Pete, during the break, you wanted to make sure we brought up a couple of guys some position battles we highlighted in the pregame. What did you see tonight from some of those second- and third-tier guys? Well, one thing that my buddy here, Kent Swanson, brought to my attention that I thought was real interesting is as the running backs uh, are, you know, they're a little bit injured right now. Chuck Kendrick West still dealing with the concussion. Spencer Ware haven't, hasn't been cleared for contact yet. Damian Williams dealing with the shoulder, but Dower Williams got some run tonight. And the interesting thing was the chiefs eventually benched him. And normally you'd say, Oh, he's benched. That's not a good thing, but Kent too smart for that. Why was that a good thing? Kent? Well, they're trying to protect him a little bit. That actually probably bodes well for what the Chiefs think about him. If he's if they don't want to put him at too much risk, a young rookie that's kind of, you know, new to this league, this is only a second game. If they're limiting his snaps and they're trying to keep, you know, how many opportunities he's going to get on the field, that's probably a pretty good indication that they have a plan for him and it could be the active roster. What else? There were other battles that you guys were watching. Everybody was keeping an eye on. I mean, I have the whole list of, I can go down the list if you want me to say, what did you see out of this and this and this? The big question, I think, was what about that safety spot? Did anybody stand out? Because everybody was wondering, now that Eric Berry, I mean, the one guy you want in there is Eric Berry. Anybody stand out that filled in for him as he sat this one out with a heel injury? I thought the worst part of the game was when that first team filled with reserves the defense was in and looked awful Matt Ryan who is one of these better quarterbacks in the league who you're going to be dealing with especially with this tough schedule just was eating them up like it's a problem I mean that's there's no other way to say it yeah and the safety group in general this entire process the training camps the games it has been a very quiet group where you haven't seen a ton of good you haven't seen a ton of bad it's just kind of been there and um, no one's really separated themselves of those young safeties uh, at this point. I thought Leon McQuay did a couple nice things. But overall, it was just a very quiet day, as it has been the entire training camp for the safety group. And McQuay was up and down. I mean, there was that play where you thought he lo- it was Dorian O'Daniel ended up being McQuay. McQuay yep. and, he, and he didn't really look that great at all. And, and it's just, man, if Eric Berry is there with young player X, I'm going to feel a lot better than young player X and young player Y. That's what I'm getting right now from the safeties. How much bigger of a hole now is the secondary now that Steven Nelson is concussed? And who knows how long those things take? Because when he got hit by Hooper's knee on that first touchdown, his he did the hole where his head, like his ear touched his shoulder and his head snapped. If Steven Nelson's not there, who steps up? And, and now, do you think people are going to be, do you think these quarterbacks, which by the way, you take a look at the quarterbacks in the, the first Five games, Rivers, Roethlisberger, Garoppolo, uh, Case Keenum. Uh, and then you've got <laughs> and, and, – Take a little break. You get a little bit of a break over there. Um, and then you go to – Jack. you got Jacksonville, you got New England, Andy Dalton. And then you got Denver again. I mean, there's your first eight quarterbacks. Six out of eight of those guys can, th- can, can put the ball up. Yeah, I, I, and that's the problem. And that's the problem because – Mahomes can look as good as he wants, or as good as you want. The offense could look as good as you want, but if you can't stop no anybody, it doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter. You're going to lose some shoe deaths. Well, I keep hammering this point, but they're now, if, if Steven Nelson's hurt for an extended period of time, at this juncture, you're leaning on rookies. The, the, uh, mm-hmm. Tremont Smith and Arian Springs, who actually, he looked really, I thought he looked pretty good again tonight. Those guys are going to be thrust into a position where they're going to be relied on. It's going to be a little nerve wracking if you're going in with relying on a couple rookie corners. And I said this a while ago. And you see it on Twitter all the time. And I don't want to end this on a bad note so we can talk about the throw before we close down shop tonight. But I said this a while ago. The Marcus Peters trade, it, it, you had to get over it. You had to move on. I, it's going to rear its ugly head if we're in a situation now where Steve Nelson somehow, and you don't know how concussions are, and he's not able to go. And now all of a sudden you have David Amerson, Kendall Fuller playing some of the better football maybe in the league at the position – and then a weak spot on the other side when you could have had Kendall Fuller and Marcus Peters. Again, move on all you want. You're going to be thinking about it week one. I hate to say it because David Amherst, like you could have had Marcus Peters and you're going to have to watch quarterbacks pick on David Amerson. I remember that little period before the Marcus Peters trade and after the Kendall Fuller trade or where I was just thrilled with the potential of the cornerback group having both Marcus Peters and Kendall Fuller on the field at the same time would have been a really really fun tandem to watch would have helped the pass rush would have helped everything and now and it's and and it's going to be something because say you have three or four throws in one game and you score 28 points and you can't stop anybody and you lose by 10 38 28 guess what you're going to be thinking about it's Marcus Peters. Say move on all you want. And that, and that scares me a little bit, especially with the lack of depth of this cornerback room. 28-14, the final in Atlanta tonight. Chiefs over the Falcons. Head coach Andy Reid talked with the media shortly after. All right. Um, as far as injuries go, we just have a couple of them. Uh, Stevie Nelson uh, has a concussion. He'll go through the protocol, and we'll see how he does with that. And then um, Terrence Smith uh, just tweaked his, his left ankle a little bit, but he should be fine. Um, I thought it was a better performance uh, with the ones this week uh, on the offensive side. Um, defense were, I'd like to tell you that was our ones, but we're, we're short a few guys. But it was great experience for some of these young guys, man. They got in there and they battled. I thought they did a nice job with that. And, um, you know, all in all, a better, better performance uh, uh, all the way around as a team. I like the energy that they brought. We overcame a couple things in there and, and, uh, uh, made some plays, so uh, becomes important. Dan's got a heck of a football team here, and he, you know, it's the same thing. He's didn't play all of his guys, uh, um, neither. So it, it uh, um, kind of equal out there. But time's your. Yeah, so I, I like the two fourth uh, down stances. Uh, that was good. Um, I. Uh, like the interception for a touchdown. Um, um, there, you know, I, I like the the hustle. I like the opportunity that we had to play some young guys, especially in the middle of our defense, which with Bailey down, with the two inside backers down, and and then our, our safety situation, we were able to get some young guys in there, and that that group down the middle, they'll come back and pay off for you down the road. Um, Justin Houston played just a. You know, just a series, a quick series, and um, and so again, young guys able to step in and, and do that with Breland, and uh, he got he got a ton of reps tonight, which will do nothing but make us better. KP, same thing. So that's all real important. The struggles on that side of the ball. How much of that is them being good? How much of it is that your guys are not playing? Yeah, listen, they did they did a nice job. They did a nice job. We got to do better in some areas. Held them on the fourth down play, which was good. Um, you know, and then. Uh, guys were still working their their way through some things. We had a few mistakes in there that we got to clean up. Um, and it wasn't necessarily with the veteran players, which was um, you know which is important. These young guys can learn from it. It'll be great. The, the last throw there to the first half. Is that something you'd like to see Patrick do? How does he get a chance? I mean, yeah. So we call yeah we called the same play <clears throat> in a two minute situation the play before. So we changed it up a little, just a little bit formation-wise, and he wanted to come back to the same thing. He felt like he had to move on the one. He didn't. He had to check it down because I think he had Kelsey, you know, on a pretty good shot there. So um, he came back to it. We came back to it. Uh, he wanted it again. We just moved a couple people around for him, and um, again he bought a little time with it. 
and took a shot. And one thing Ten can do is he tracks the ball. He'd probably be a great center fielder. I mean, he, he really has a knack for being able to locate and then go get it. So. Have you seen the quarterback throw at 70 yards in the year? I've been around some strong, strong arm guys between Donovan and Favre and Vic. Um, I don't know if I've seen it. I mean, it's been a couple of years since that's happened. So I, I'm, I don't know on record. I've seen them throw the ball that far. I don't know if it was in a game. I'm a little short on memory, but you guys can look that up. A week ago, the offense only had the first team offense only had nine plays. How much more were they able to get in that moment? Yeah, listen, there were some good things that, that went on. There, there was a ton we can work We had too many penalties. I mean, with the you know, holding penalties like crazy, going backwards, putting ourselves in bad fields, or whether special teams or offensive line had a couple there, three or whatever it was, and uh, you can't have that. So, um, But there was enough positive in there to, to work out. I thought we protected the quarterback against a, a good, um, good defensive front on turf, you know, at their place. Um, so yeah, that's a positive. We got a run game going a little bit, which I thought was was good. Um, Patrick, I thought, made some nice plays in there. I mean, he had some beautiful ones, with the exception of the one interception. Um, you know, everything else, he he, he played it pretty well. So, um, yeah, I, I was I was happy with that. That was positive. Yeah. Carlos spoke last week at camp, but you know, I was watching the tape. You get a sense. Yeah, it looked like he did a, a decent job. It's hard to see those interior guys all the time unless they completely goof up. So I wasn't, I didn't hear his name called or I wasn't calling his name, you know, so um, I think he did okay. I'll have to look at it though. Yeah, you know, he's one of the strongest kids we've got on the team. I mean, he's a powerful, powerful young man. So, um, and he's a smart kid. It was good to see him, good to see him um, have the production that he had tonight. I, I think when we look at that, I. I think he'll turn. It was a pretty positive uh, result with his play there. I thought he did a pretty nice job. The last two will go Sam and then No, so we talked about that. That's good. That's a good question. I'm, I got you. Although you're asking all negative questions, but I got you. Got orange on, man. I'm seeing Denver. Um, you you got to. He's got to come. Um, Sammy's got to come back for that. That's a great one to learn from, though. Because we, we're going to do that. And on that particular play, he has an option. Once he scrambles, he's coming back to that side. And that's his scramble side. So Sammy's got the opportunity to work that back in line. And if he has a hole, you got to come back to the quarterback just for that reason. If you're going to have the quarterback throw back on it, you got to be coming back to him. So he kind of waited, and then it allowed the defender to recover. But, again, it's a, I mean, it's a great teaching play. Um, but, no, I, quarterback is okay on that. Quarterback's okay on that one. We just you got to reduce the top of that route right there. Last one, B. Coach, just the young guys the same half. I know you mentioned Yeah, I, I thought that was good. I, you know, uh, with Chad coming out and kind of getting it going um, and then ending the half the way we did with the deep one. I, I mean, all that led to a little bit more uh, energy than maybe we had even the first half. So, um, so I thought that was that was positive. But I can't tell you. I mean, for a preseason, you get these young guys that pays off for you down the road. That experience, man. You can't, you know, you can't get that in, in practice. Not not at that at that speed there. Sandy Reid uh, speaking after today's win for the Kansas City Chiefs. This is the Seventh Street Casino Arrowhead Pride post game show. Uh, all right. One word to describe the throw, Pete. Twerkworthy. Kent. Magic. <laughs> the throw. It'll live in infamy. Hey, guys, thanks. We appreciate it. We'll do it again next week. Uh, Saturday, we're on the air at 10 a.m. Noon kick, game three against the Bears. We'll be on the air. Thanks to Chris, our producer, for uh, taking care of us. Chiefs win 28-14. This has been the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Have a great weekend. We'll talk with you next Saturday. This has been the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride Halftime Show on 610 Sports Radio. The coverage continues with articles, pictures, video, and interviews on arrowheadpride.com and 610sports.com.